Katie Myers is going to be our teacher. She could come up here if you would. Uh, I want to say a word about this series and why Katie's teaching. Someone in the lobby said uh, to me, Katie, they, uh, one of, a guy said, uh, hey, who's teaching today? And I said, well, it's a new teacher, Katie Myers. He goes, do I know her? I said, not yet, but you're going to enjoy getting to know her. Uh, here's, we're in this three-week series called Respond, which is really a challenge for all of us to respond more clearly to God. And today, Katie's teaching Respond in Worship, and we're doing it for two reasons. One, we all need to respond to God better. And two, we want to showcase to the congregation for three weeks in a row how good the teaching to our student ministries is. Because Katie first taught this at Basic, and um, we saw it, and we said, we want to bring that to Sunday morning. We want to. And so for three weeks, we're bringing teachings from our student ministry to Sunday morning um, uh, because we saw uh, God at work in those teachings. So uh, join me in prayer. Let's pray. Dear God, uh, first of all, uh, thank you for the freedom to be here in church. Thank you for the freedom to worship you exactly as we would choose. Thank you for uh, the mothers in this room. Thank you for the work they do. Thank you for the way they create joy in the lives of their family. Thank you for uh, their commitments. And Father, for those who are aching today, either because they're a mother and some bad things have happened or because they're not able to be a mother or because many of us have lost our mothers, whatever the reason for the ache, Father, we pray, I pray that we would bring that ache to you that we could experience uh, something of your love on this day. And then, Father, I pray for Katie. I pray that you will uh, uh, strengthen her and relax her, help her be calm as she brings this important word to our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Good morning. I've been up here many times. But this is a new experience for me, quite a bit more nerve-wracking. I could sing all day, but to speak is, you know, everyone would be nervous. Um, like Dave said, my name is Katie Myers, and I am married to Brad Myers. Here's a picture. <clears throat> we met here at Orchard, uh, serving on the worship team together, and now we're both on staff here for music ministry. <clears throat> For many of us, when we hear the word worship, our mind automatically thinks music. When we talk about a church service, we think there's the first 15 minutes of worship, and then there's the teaching, and then there's more worship. But worship is many things. The definition our church uses for worship is, worship is a response to who God is and what he has done for us. So if worship is a response to who God is and what he's done for us, anything can be worship. When I walk in on a Sunday morning for sound check at 7 a.m., the coffee house volunteers are already here preparing coffee, and that is worship. Uh, last night, right where you're sitting, there was about 400 high schoolers having post-prom so when Eric and the operations team are stacking chairs and mopping up coffee spills and tearing down inflatables at five in the morning, that is worship. Worship is not just the singing, it's the whole church service. And it's not just the whole church service, it's the whole church. 
And it's not just the whole church, it's your whole life. We can worship before we come to church, and we can worship after we walk out of the doors of this church. Tomorrow, some of you are going to be teachers or coaches, you're going to work at the office, you're going to be a dad, a grandma, a friend, and that can all be worship. It's an opportunity to respond to who God is and what he has done for us. Colossians 3 says, but whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart for the Lord. So worship can look like many things, and it should look like many things, but today I want to talk specifically about worshiping through music. For some of you, music is your favorite part of the worship service. You love the songs we sing, you love the musical style, you love the way it makes you feel. You might even listen to the music in your car or at home. You know that the music helps you feel connected to God. And for others of you, <clears throat> you are counting down the minutes until the music portion is done. I know, it's okay. <laughs> During a music block, you might find yourself thinking, ugh, another song, or that song again. Maybe you hate singing. Maybe you want to skip past the music and get to scripture and teaching because that's where you connect with God. Maybe it feels like everyone else in the room has figured out some special worship equation and you are just left there standing, wondering what you missed because you're not feeling what they seem to be feeling. But whichever category you find yourself in this morning or maybe somewhere in between, I hope that as we talk about the power of worshiping God through music, it will encourage you and challenge you in what God can do through worship music in your life. To start, I want to tell you a bit of my story of how I encountered God through worship music. Music ministry is my full-time job, but music wasn't always a way that I connected with God. I've always loved music and I was following Jesus, but it took me many years to put the two together and see the connection between God and music. As I grew up, I enjoyed singing, but it felt pointless to me. Through middle school and high school, I had friends who would pressure me to sing at sleepovers, at youth group, at variety shows, and I hated singing for other people. Early on, I associated singing with performance and with pride. And I think those feelings stuck with me and made it hard for me to understand how singing could bring glory to God. I've been a religious person my whole life, religious in that I believed in God and I went to church with my family and I tried to follow the rules and be a good person. But it wasn't until about six years ago that I actually made the choice to completely follow Jesus. My freshman year of college, I went to a school about nine hours away where I didn't know a single person, and I was excited for a fresh start. I wasn't running away from a bad life. I was just excited to be whoever I wanted to be. From my very first weekend at college, I used partying as a way of making friends, and it was okay for a while, but I started to realize that the people I was hanging out with didn't actually care about me. We had fun together, but we didn't have much else in common, and I couldn't count on them when I needed a friend. The partying and the superficial friendships left me feeling empty, and the decisions I was making were starting to take a toll on me. At this point in time, my relationship with God was based on the fact that I grew up going to church, and I knew I was saved. 
I made no effort to get connected with a church or a college ministry or a small group. I didn't have a community to encourage me in my faith, and without that, I didn't really know how to pursue faith on my own. The summer after my freshman year, I came home to Iowa. I spent the summer getting reconnected with my friends in my home church. I was having mixed feelings about going back since my first year was not what I had hoped for. I wanted another fresh start. So one week before I was supposed to return to school, I decided to transfer to UNI. My best friend went to school at UNI, and I knew she was involved in campus ministry, and I was really desiring a faith community. But I fell back into the same habits, and I got the same results. I felt empty and guilty. I had one group of friends that I would go out with on the weekends, and another group of friends that I knew I could really count on. This friend group attended church regularly. They invited me to church over and over again. And over and over again, I turned them down because I felt guilty about the life I was living. I thought the people at church would judge me. Or worse than that, I might actually find what I was looking for, and my life would have to change, and all my fun would be over. But my friends kept inviting me. Eventually, I gave in and attended church with them, but only every now and again. I honestly don't remember much of the teachings from church, the Bible was a tough starting point for me to connect to. But I remember I felt welcome. I remember hearing a lot about grace and starting to think that that was something that I could really use in my life. But most of all, I remember just weeping during the music. The music was really moving, and I was broken, but the words of the songs were giving me hope that I could change. The words told me about a God who loved me right where I was at. And to be surrounded by a room full of people singing together, community. These people were excited about what they believed, and that wasn't something I'd had much experience with before. It wasn't some dead religion of trying to do good or work harder. God was clearly doing something in their life, and it made me think he could do something in mine. <coughs> The music gave me space, space to not have all the right answers, space to not worry about saying or doing the right thing. This space felt like complete freedom to return to God. The words had meaning, it stirred up my heart, it stirred up my mind, it encouraged me and challenged me, all while giving me space. Despite my poor decisions and brokenness, I continued to attend church more regularly. As I offered this one hour a week up to God, I could feel him changing me. I started to believe the words that I was singing. I felt forgiven, I felt free, I felt loved. I felt encouraged by a community of believers I was surrounded with. This dedicated time of worship was renewing my mind and changing me from the inside out. No matter what my week looked like, no matter what decisions I had made, I felt like I could return to God and he would accept me, brokenness and all. And when I was ready to connect with him, he was right there waiting to connect with me. Worshiping regularly was transforming my mind. It was giving me a new desire to follow Jesus. And these songs were teaching me what God was like and how much he loved me. The ideas of these songs were helping me fight off sinful desires in my life. I was treating people better. My life was getting better. And with each encounter, 
I surrendered more and more of myself to God. I was so excited about what Jesus was doing in my life, I started serving at church. I was looking for more ways to worship and connect to God besides the one hour I spent at church. Sometimes it was hard to explain to my friends why I didn't want to get drunk on a Saturday night because I wanted to go to church the next morning. I was still tempted, but nothing could compare to the joy I had when I was connected with God, and that connection was worth fighting for. For a little while, I felt like I had a double life. I had these earthly, sinful desires, but as I worshiped, I started to desire to be more like Jesus. Worshiping was giving me new desires. I'm thinking that either you have been through this or you know somebody who has. Maybe you feel like you have your church life and your regular life because church is the only time you're connecting with God. But if worship is our response to who God is and what he has done for us, it's going to take me more than one hour a week to respond to all that God has done. I needed to keep taking the next step. And for me, that next step was accepting the invite to come to church. And then it was coming more regularly. Then it was getting involved, involved in serving in church. God didn't want me to wait and clean up my life before I worshiped him. He wants us to worship him right in the middle of whatever circumstance we're in, whatever bad choices we're making, whatever hard times we're going through. When you are ready to connect with God, he will be right there waiting to connect with you. The same friend who invited me to church gave me this verse many years ago, and it's become a life verse for me. Psalm 30, 11 through 12. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. And this verse summed up my story. My old life and habits left me guilty and hurting. I was wailing. I wore a sackcloth of shame and guilt around that I let define me. But God, because of his great love for me, took my sin and shame away. He removed my sackcloth and he clothed me with joy so that my heart may sing his praises. God changed my life. I cannot and I will not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. As I worshiped God, I recognized my sin in the presence of a holy God. But worship turned my eyes away from my sin and to the cross where Jesus died to take it all away. Worship turned my eyes from my problems to a powerful God. Worship turned my eyes away from my selfish desires to the kingdom of God and loving and serving others. Worshiping God transformed my mind and it changed my life. This is why I love worship music. I know it's power. I know that it can change lives because it changed mine. Colossians 3 says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish each other with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There are over 400 references to singing in the Bible. There are 50 different commands to sing. The longest book of the Bible, the Psalms, is a book of songs. 
And if you're having a hard time understanding worship, the Psalms would be a great place to start and read. The Bible documents one time, just once, that Jesus actually worshiped God through music. He sang one psalm. Him and his disciples got together and sang one psalm together. But do you know when it was? It was the toughest time of Jesus' life. It was the night before he was killed. Praising God through music is one of the ways that people have been responding to God for thousands of years. But why do we do it today? Worship is a response to who God is and what he has done for us. So if worship is a response, what are we responding to? Who is God? What has he done for us? Well, God is kind, and he is powerful. He's patient, and he is present. He is good. He is faithful. He is just. He is beyond our understanding. And this all-powerful, all-knowing God loves us. And he created each of us individually. He gave us life and breath. Our sin separated us from God. We were wearing a sackcloth of sin and shame, but God loved us too much to be separate from us. So he sent his only son, Jesus, to rescue us from our sin. Jesus lived a perfect life and was killed to take the weight of the sin of the whole world. And then he rose again. He conquered sin and death. He made a way for us to have a perfect relationship with God. We couldn't save ourselves, so he saved us so that we would enjoy life with God. He turns our wailing into dancing and he clothes us with joy that our hearts may sing his praises and not be silent, that we would be with him and love him and praise him forever. Why do we worship? Because of Jesus. Why do we sing? Because of Jesus. Our worship is our response to who God is and what he has done through the person of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we do not worship because of anything we do. We worship because of what God has already done. Worship is a mysterious thing because God doesn't need our worship. God is not some insecure cosmic being who waits for us to tell him how awesome he is and how desperately we need him before he intervenes in our lives. God never changes. But when we worship, it changes us. We turn our faces to Jesus and it makes us more like Jesus. God doesn't need our worship, we do. Worship is about our attention. Worship takes our eyes off of our own lives and fixes them on who God is and what he has done. So we worship when we feel like it and we worship when we don't feel like it. Worship attends our turns our attention from our circumstances to a loving God who is with us and for us. God is constant. And when we worship God, it changes us. Here are five reasons why it's important for us to worship God together. Number one, worship reminds us of truth. The words that we sing are from scripture or inspired by scripture. The words we sing talk about who God is and what he has done for us. We can go through the motions and sing them, or we can engage our minds and our hearts with the words. Take a closer look at the words of the songs that we sing. 
The gospel is all over the lyrics. And when we sing, we're filling our minds with truth, and that truth transforms us. Despite our circumstances, whether we feel like worshiping or not, we are reminded of truth. Not only do songs teach us and remind us of truth, but it helps us remember them. Our brains can remember thousands of song lyrics. There's a song that many of us learned growing up in school. You can sing with me. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yes. The rhyme and the pattern and the repetition and the melody help us remember. So when I need truth and encouragement, the songs help me remember. The words of these songs are our church's liturgy, the things that we believe. And there's a quote. When with your own ears you hear your mouth saying something true, it creates faith. When with your own ears you hear your mouth saying something true, it creates faith. There's power in saying things out loud. When with our own ears we hear ourselves saying something true out loud, it actually helps us believe it. When with our own ears we hear ourselves saying something true out loud, it creates faith in us. And by worshiping together, we encourage one another in our faith. When I'm in a room full of people who are excited about what Jesus is doing, it encourages me in my faith. When with my own ears I hear my church my community, my friends, and my family worshiping together, it creates faith. So we gather and worship not only to find encouragement for ourselves, but to encourage others. Number two, worship is expressive. Music in itself is a very expressive thing, and worship music is meant to be expressive. We are responding with all that we are, all of our senses engaged, to who God is and what he has done for us. Music gives us an opportunity to express our hearts to God. There are seven Hebrew words for praise. The Bible translates them into English as the same word, but in Hebrew there are seven different meanings for the word praise. Praise means to extend the hand, to dance, to shout, to rave, to boast, to play on strings, to sing a new song, to lie face down on the floor, <laughs> to bow down. We make the conscious choice to engage in worship. Worship is meant to be full contact, all of our senses. We engage our minds with the lyrics. We engage our bodies by singing and clapping and lifting our hands. We engage our hearts with the, mu with the expressive music. We engage our ears by hearing a congregation and ourselves declare what is true. Have you noticed that some of us are more expressive in worship than others? <laughs> Have you noticed that some of the most expressive worshipers in the room are children? There are several families who bring their children to service with them and while we're singing songs and worshiping, the kids are dancing in the aisles and jumping around and smiling and laughing and they don't care what anyone else thinks of them. I think this is why Jesus tells us to have faith like a child. Worship music is expressive. Number three, worship unifies us. 
Worship music physically unifies us. There's power when we come to church and when we stand side by side. There's power when we sing together and declare truth together. And worship music can spiritually unify us, and this is really important. This morning, there are churches all across Cedar Falls and Waterloo, all across the world, that are sharing the same songs of praise to God, despite our location, denomination, language, politics, race. We are unified in Christ with these words that we sing. Number four, worship is about the heart. Worship is a conversation with God. We have the attention of God in heaven. He declares, he hears our worship, and he responds to us. God communicates with our heart and our mind through worship by his Holy Spirit and the words and melodies of the songs. Worship is not something we muster up to check off our list. Worship is a response. Worship is an overflow of our heart. And there are days when I come to church and I don't feel like singing praises to God. And that tells me something about the condition of my heart. Am I willing to respond to who God is and what he's done this morning? God looks at the heart. and I can't tell you what your worship should look like because I can't see your heart. You could be standing in the back of the room hands in your pockets, not singing at all, and your heart is completely engaged in worshiping God. And you could be in the front row, singing at the top of your lungs, hands raised, and completely engaged in worshiping God. God looks at the heart, and he desires your engagement, whatever it looks like for you right now. Number five, worship shouldn't start over every Sunday. Here's what we do sometimes. We have a lot of things going on in our week, and we come to church on a Sunday morning, and we say, okay, pastor, okay, worship team, get me connected to God again. And we spend the first 40 minutes of our hour getting reconnected to God. Our connection to God is a relationship, and any good relationship requires time and intentionality, it's hard to know or care about someone that you never talk to or spend time with. Church is one great way to get connected to God, but it cannot be the only time or place that we connect because God is everywhere. God wants to be a part of every area of your life, not just when you're at church. Imagine what worship would look like if we came in already connected. What if we didn't have to start over every Sunday? What if I don't need a song to get me connected again? What if I don't need a worship leader or a pastor or a small group leader to get me connected again? I don't need anyone to do anything because I have been fighting for this connection all week long. God used worship to change me. God can use worship to change you. God doesn't need a life of worship from us. God wants a life of worship for us. When we meditate on his truth and say it out loud and believe it in our hearts, when we encounter his presence, when we fix our eyes on Jesus and worship him, it changes us. Psalm 30, 11 through 12. You turned my wailing into dancing. 
You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. In a minute, I'm going to pray, and the musicians are going to come back out as we continue in worship. And we have an opportunity to practice these things that we've just learned. But for right now, there's a simple song that connects my heart to God and my heart to worship, and I want to sing it all together. There's no instruments, just the voices of people calling out to God, to a God who is worthy of every breath in our lungs, worthy of every song we could ever sing, worthy of all of our praise. I invite you to sing um, the doxology with me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Would you pray with me? Father, you are here. And we don't have to invite you, but you love that when we do. So we invite you here, God, and we acknowledge your presence in our hearts. God, I just pray for myself, I pray for everyone in this room, that you would help us love you more, that you would help us to worship you, whether it's through singing, whether it's through our jobs, whether it's through our families. God, I pray that you would give us a heart for worship. I pray that we would see all of your great works. I pray that we would see the things that you've done in our lives and in our friends' lives, in our church, and that our only response would be to praise you, not because of anything we've done or haven't done, not because of how we feel, but God, because you are so worthy. You have given us breath. God, may we just give it back to you in praise, in worship. God, I pray that our lives, our whole lives, would be a beautiful song that we can sing about what you've done in our lives and that other people would hear that song and they would join in. Father, you are good. You are loving and you are kind. And it's in your powerful son, Jesus' name, that we pray this morning.